This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 92nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our blockbuster battle between the Batman versus the one and only the Dark Knight. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 92nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody, welcome to episode 92 of the Drive-In Podcast. Shout out James Harrison, Steeler Great. This is Dr. Rowe on the horn. I'm joined as always by my brother, my co-host, and dear best friend, Ricky Flex. Ricky Flex, how are you this evening? I, I could be better. I just got out, out of a two and a half hour dentist appointment. So Jesus. I am podcasting with half a mouth. It's going to be a battle here tonight, but the subject matter at hand and with somebody with us for this episode here, I can get through it. I'm going to power through for the pod, power through for our audience and for our special guest. Yeah. So you had to suck it up today because you invited the guest for today's episode. <laughs> Very special guest an expert in all things, the Batman. We are joined by the one and only Nikki Lee. Thank you for joining the drive-in pod. How are you? Yeah. Our, uh, our new guest. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Things are good. Uh, just finished up work, ready to talk some Batman. Hopefully uh, keep it up with some hot takes. I think I've got some bold takes here. So uh, a lot of things Love to, to hear it. agree with, but I'm ready to go. That's what we're looking for right now. We're like Buckle up. Like <laughs> I feel like we are entering, like I know Ricky Flicks had the Batman, uh, the Dark Knight much higher rated compared to the Batman. I hear from Nikki Lee that he has a leniency towards this new film, new Matt Reeves film, new Robert Pattinson film. So I'm excited to see and moderate this like clash between Nikki Lee and Ricky Flicks. <laughs> it just has something special in the making. Uh, so Nikki Lee, before we get started, Ricky Flicks mentioned to me that you have an electric story to tell upon your first viewing of the Batman in theaters. You, do you care to enlighten us and the listeners? Yeah, I definitely do. So um, I live in New York and that's where Chris is. Obviously you guys know my brother, Chris. Um, and we were both like super excited to see the Batman like trailer. Shout out Chris. Um, uh, like we were looking forward to it. So he's like, all right, I got tickets, like ready to go. It's opening night. Um, I'm like super pumped. And like the, the ratings were like amazing and everything's positive. And he's like, yeah, like we got these tickets, like they're like in 40x. I guess the, uh, I guess like the quality is like super good. And I was like, okay, like that's fine. 40x. <laughs> and we get there. And we walk into this. We walk into the theater, and like the screen is like just so like generic. It, it was like it was like probably one of the worst like screens I've ever seen. But we walk in, and the seats are like fucking. Can I swear on the podcast? I'll believe that if you do. <laughs> my bad you're, uh, good. you're good uh so the seats are like roller coaster seats and, <laughs> no, no way. we're like we look at each other and we're like what the heck is this uh and we go sit in the seats uh and it's literally a roller coaster 
in the theater during the movie and it's like it moves like a like a roller coaster it like shoots water at you it shoots like wind at you and like as you can imagine like during the movie like there's like crazy like, <laughs> like we sat down and they did like a test and a test like like a test beat like they yeah, yeah. really move like they move fast if you were like a kid they should put like an age limit on it because like, did they give you a seatbelt for this no seatbelt either i was shocked wow but i looked at him and i was like this is gonna ruin the movie like i do not want to watch like the batman while in like a roller coaster seat for the first time for the first time exactly but i was literally blown away like it made it so much better like the the, the car scene when he's like going after the penguin was absolutely crazy like you're you're literally like feel like you're in the batmobile and it's not like as crazy as it sounds but even like the motorcycle scenes like where he's like driving around the motorcycle like it like slowly like weaves in and out in the sea it, it was so that's sick. unreal probably one I, of the best like movie experiences i've ever had I got to see like where I can find one of these 40X like theaters that I can sit in and actually, and I got to, I think I, if I was to see a movie with this type of theater, it got to be like a Fast and Furious. I think that'd be insane. I was thinking Fast and Furious. Because I've never, I've never heard of it before. Like 40X, I figure like 3D, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it was so, I told all my friends about it. They, they all went and sit, saw it in uh, 40X too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> after, after your review. Yeah. I would totally recommend it. Obviously, it has to be like the right movie. Like, I couldn't imagine like seeing like some like rom com or something in there. Obviously, but uh, <laughs> right the movie, weight mass the right scene, it, it's pretty sick. I was blown away. Ricky Flix and I have talked about potentially reviewing movie theaters, trying like gain some traction on the YouTube. I feel like this is a must. I like. I, I feel like we don't have a choice at this point after hearing this review. <laughs> I definitely recommend. I was blown away for sure. And uh, did I get it right when you said like they actually they have some like water that also splashes on you? That's what you said. Yeah. So like I feel like with the Batman, it's it rains the entire goddamn movie. <laughs> it it really didn't do it in like that terms of like that. Ah. But, like there the water like comes out in front of you. It's more like mist. Um, and mm. the, like uh -huh. during the chase scene when like it's pouring rain, obviously like the water like kind of like splashes on you and like there's like wind things in the back where when Batman like punches somebody, it like goes like, psh, 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 like it, it's pretty That's cool. Pretty like that kind of got a little annoying, wow. but it was like cool, like in, in parts. Okay. Well, dude, that's on the list, right? That's on the <laughs> list for sure. Ricky Flex, you're in. I'm in. I'm in. I, you know, everyone knows I'm a big Dolby guy over IMAX. This is going to be the next test. 40X. Yep. 40X. <laughs> Definitely better than 3D. 40x baby 40x uh that's gonna be a running joke on the pod for foreseeable future but uh so why we're doing this like interesting episode today we have the batman hitting hbo max like just after a month and a half from being in theaters like imagine if the dark knight hit like hbo max or any streaming service an hour and a half afterwards the excitement level is now ramping up once again uh and when i open up hbo max it has the batman on the forefront but when i like toggle right here's the dark knight right next to it uh probably the two uh most critically acclaimed batman films right and probably the most famous and the most prestigious superhero movie in the history of films uh we felt like this was a great time for everyone to see both these movies do a little double feature and i think it's time we decide which one holds the heavyweight title i think that's what we're going for today 
So, uh, Nikki Flex, have, uh, Nick, Nikki Lee, have you that. seen? Have you seen? <laughs> I, I combined you guys for a second. I'm so used to being one on one with Ricky Flex. No, all good. Um, HBO Max, have you seen it on streaming after your 40X experience? I have. First night. First night I came out, I watched it. Had to. No had choice. to. Had to make it happen. Thank God I, we have HBO Max. I would have had to like, pull it up on some random site, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had to watch it like, right away. I almost went, you, uh, Ricky. I know you saw it a couple times in theaters. Like I almost went a couple times by myself. I never pulled the trigger, but I needed to see it again. <laughs> right. Had yeah. To. Like I saw it three times in IMAX, and like each time, it, it's ridiculous saying it out loud, but it was amazing each time. But th- I did not see it a fourth time. I waited till the streaming service uh, came out on streaming, and on the TV like a 50 inch, not even like a huge TV. It was incredible. Like I was blown away by how good it, it held up on TV. I was so nervous after seeing it three times in IMAX theater, not even a digital IMAX that it wasn't going to hold up, but I think it held up so well. Some parts like obviously the, like Pattinson and some other characters in the, in the movie, they talk with like a very low demeanor. So I, like you're bouncing around the volume levels a little bit. Other than that, like the actual action sequences, I thought they held up on the big, uh, the big screen, the TV screen, TV. Yeah, I, I felt the same way because I boosted the volume. Like I, my max is out at a hundred. I had to put it all the way up to eighty to hear some of the dialogue. But then when it hear when it gets to like the chase sequences, I'm like grabbing my remote, yeah. I'm like falling over from my couch, like trying to grab it. Like oh my god, down, 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 down. But then it goes to like Pattinson going one on one with Selena Kyle, and they're talking like. I don't know. It sounds like ASMR at some points. And I'm just like, okay, up, 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 up. It's like a roller coaster, like a, a 40X, like theater that we're talking about. So how this battle is going to work, we're going to take you through a few categories. Uh, so we're going to take you through acting. We're looking at the performances. Uh, we're looking at directing, writing. Uh, a category I call the intangibles, which is like in- it encompasses like cinematography, score, sound, like fight scenes. Uh, to go along with cinematic moments, because I feel like you could pull so many from both of these movies, followed by any nitpicks we had with the film. Uh, we talked earlier. Everyone here has agreed on these segments or these um, categories. So I guess we get started with the acting here. So I, I guess I'll ask for your overall aspects on the acting, and then I'll break it down almost like Mel Kuyper, Tom McShay style, and we'll go, uh, we'll compare, like almost go with like a tail to tape. So when it comes to the acting overall, when you look at these two movies, uh, Nikki Lee, you're our guest. Why don't you tell us who has the edge? Are we talking just Batman or like all the characters? So I would just say overall, you just watched both movies, right? Coming out of the theater, you're talking about performances themselves i guess as a whole which yeah. one do you think is better that's tough i mean i i think like by i feel like you just have to go heath ledger number one like on the list and then i would say like there's definitely like a drop off after that like i love the riddler mm. but it, it's not i don't think it's close like i don't think he put up his performance was great but just, like Heath's performance was just by far the best i think like from a batman perspective like pattinson was just way better than bale in terms of actual being batman like christian bale's batman's kind of corny like he, he the boys the fight scenes are like not it's not his fault but they're like kind of bad like in terms of uh like <laughs> compared to pattinson in this yeah they are you could say that lots like over and over again no like actual fight. tell us what you really think um yeah like i think like front, like 
front to back, I would kind of lean the Batman. Like, I feel like Jim Gordon's perform. I don't know his name, the actor, but, uh, like, I loved his performance uh, as Commissioner Gordon. Like, I mm-hmm. thought he was absolutely amazing. The Penguin, uh, like, the makeup was just, like, so amazing. I can't wait to see him in the next movies. Um, but just, like, looking at all the characters, I feel like I took away more from the Batman compared to the Dark Knight. Like, obviously, Heath Ledger's, like, the best. But besides that, like, obviously, Harvey Dent was great. Like, Rachel Dawes, like, kind of stunk, in my opinion. Or, like, compared to the Batman Begins one. Uh, so, I think I would lean the Batman. But Heath Ledger, easily the best performance. Todd, Ricky Flex. Todd, 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 Todd. Ricky, Ricky, so, Ricky Flex thoughts. So, I completely agree with the Pattinson take. I, I'm on the record saying that Robert Pattinson is the best to ever don the cape. I'm on the record. Uh, But we got to talk Bruce Wayne as well. He was rewatching The Dark Knight today. Christian Bale kills it as Bruce Wayne. And I know, like, we're year two Batman. Bruce Wayne's young. um, And we barely see him really in this. But I think that should play a factor. But at the end of the day, I totally agree. Pattinson over Bale. And we already talked Ledger. And by a huge margin over Dana, right? But I will push back on the Jeffrey Wright, uh, Jim Gordon. Versus Gary yeah, Oldman. Yeah. I, I just think some of the corniness level, like when he's like, open your eyes. We'll break it down specifically, but overview. I, like, <laughs> I, I That pointed out to me too. That's funny. <laughs> I, I will definitely go into the Jeffrey Wright thing. Cause I think I like, I think it's unintentional comedy that he's pulling through with the Batman. The face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you punch me. Yeah. But um, I feel like, the automatic response here would be the Dark Knight because obviously you got Heath Ledger, you got the Oscar associated with his performance and how he commands the screen every time he's on it. But the way I compare it, you look at the Dark Knight, it's a top-heavy lineup. You know, it's like if you're looking at like one through nine, looking at the lineup, you got Heath Ledger, number three hole, okay, or even cleanup hitter. But when you look at six, seven, eight, nine, I mean, it doesn't really stack up compared to what the Batman brings to the table. You'd be hard pressed to find a bad performance that's in the Batman. And while you brought up Rachel Dawes, like we'll talk about her in a second, but I feel like she was holding this movie back a little bit. Uh, I feel like also like appeal, like on screen, like yeah, Katie Holmes, like obviously, like talking about looks here, like we're talking about movies, how good people look. Sometimes, like, I don't think Rachel does it for me whatsoever. So I just think the depth of the Batman is going to make this an interesting conversation. But are you guys ready to break it down roll by roll? Yeah. 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 Let's do that. All right. Let's do it. I think I brought up Heath Ledger. I think we'll start off with the villains because sometimes what makes a Batman movie good is not just the Batman, but obviously the villain, even even more so at points. So Ledger versus Dano. We know this one's already decided it's Ledger, but what do you guys like about Dano? And does he hold a candle to what Ledger did? What do you think, Nikki Lee? I was watching, like, scenes from The Dark Knight last night, just, like, getting prepared for this. Like, I, it's just not, like, that close. I loved Dano's performance. Like, I thought he was great. But, like, he's just, like, a serial killer. Like, that's like it like i get like his plan and everything and like being like the ties to bruce wayne and stuff but i just feel like you know the joker's performance in in the the dark knight is just there are so many scenes you can take where he just steals like just steals the show Mm -hmm. i don't really don't think dano ever like does that honestly i mean i guess you could talk about like the interrogation scene but like at the same time we're talking about being corny like the singing and like the it's (laughs) 
good stuff and everything. Like I like that scene, but you could like take away some of that corny corniness at least. Like compared to the Joker uh, interrogation mm-hmm. scene, it's like night and day. So it, like, oh, go yeah. so ahead. Sorry, Rich, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. What were you say? Oh, I, I was gonna say that I completely agree that I think Dana was like amazing in this movie, but he kind of fumbles the bag in the interrogation scene. Because yeah. where where he's best in this movie is through the phone. Like, honestly, when you talk about, like, his intro scene's also incredible. I thought that was, like, Hitchcockian, you know? It's, like, it's a thriller type yeah. of almost, like, David Fincher vibe that you get. Like, when he yes, shows up yes. and the light pops on. It's a great introduction to the character. And Batman has the same thing merely, like, minutes later. But the Ave Maria, him starts singing. That's, like, where he's, like, he's going way too far in. It's, like, dude, you got to pull the reins in a little bit. Okay, you can't just lose it like that, right? That in front of all these people. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> so I when he's on the phone though, like the menacing voice, you got the intrigue to his character, and like the with the Gil Colson aspect, like after the funeral, that's like my favorite scene with Dano. And you don't even see him, but like Ledger, like I was trying to pick out like the best moments from the Dark Knight. You can't pick out the best moments that doesn't include a Joker. Like he owns that movie to the point where every scene he's in is a historic moment. It's nuts. For sure. Now it's impossible. But uh, Ricky Fox, what do you think about Dano and the Batman? Yeah, so right when you were, when Dr. Rowe, when you were talking about like at a whole level, like just throughout, if you compare the Batman versus the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight's a little more top heavy. I completely agree. But I think the, the degree of that top heavy performance is just so much greater than just broadening it out versus the Batman. And I think the clear example is the Paul Dano. Paul Dano versus Heath Ledger, but it's not even versus Heath Ledger, it's just as a character because his best moments is, are when he's not even in person. That's like a huge drawback for me. Is sure. Even though I think, did think it worked, I think the meta aspect did work. I usually don't like that in movies, like when they try to go too meta. I think this worked very well, especially upon all these rewatches. I'm like, dang, these hit, these hit, these hit. But at the end, I agree with Nikki, at the end with the interrogation scene, it just really like I was like, damn, like this is his time without the mask on. Like, really, like, I I drafted him one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. I was like, this is his time. But again, you're just trying to piggyback off of Heath Ledger. You're just never gonna live up to that expectation. I think that we would perceive it better if we never got an interrogation scene, perhaps, or we just never got a Heath Ledger performance. But thank God we got one, right? So I think if they didn't have an interrogation scene, it, this would have been light years better. Or there was a scene after with the Batman and Paul and uh, the Riddler out of Arkham, not interrogation, but like the final climax of the movie was between them. You know what I mean? But it, like the Joker Dano scene also kind of ruined the performance for me. Like it just so showed like this guy can't contain himself, you know? And then mm. like, we'll talk about like the choice to even include that scene in the first place, but it, he just picks up where the interrogation scene like left off. And I'm just like, I, I'm turned off by the character now. And like to what made the character so appealing in the first place is like the intrigue. It, it's just cooler with the mask on, the Zodiac killer look. And once he takes it off, you're like, damn, that's mm. like the yeah. like nerd, nerdy Paul Dano. It's like him and Sopranos like showing up again as an adult. It's like, what the hell are we doing? Like, I was about to say that, like, when he, like, in the interrogation scene, I was, like, no longer, like, intimidated. Like, I wish, like, yeah, I was, like, that's a good on. point. His performance was great. And, like, I kind of, like, when he got casted, like, I thought of, like, Prisoners. Like, he in Prisoners yes. was, like, he was, like, a weird, like, guy. But, like, he was more intimidating as, like, that, like, weird, scary level of weirdness. And he was more, like, funny weird. And, and I get it's the Riddler. And, like, he's supposed to be funny. But 
they clearly like didn't do that in this in this movie, mm-hmm. which is completely fine. But I think just when you compare the two, it's just you know it's not even close. It's but years. I still think his performance was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just Ledger. That's literally not just an all time superhero villain performance just an all-time performance in general but let's go on to a more i guess controversial argument i kind of we talked about bale versus pattinson a little bit we uh shed a little bit of light on it but we talked about bale being so good as bruce wayne pattinson so good in the bat suit but when you look at the overall performances like who edges it out nikki lee what do you think uh, I mean, I think overall performance, like from like an actor perspective, I think you just have to go Pattinson just front to back and like, just like his depiction of the character. Obviously what I'm so excited for is, I mean, it's Robert Pattinson. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's a good looking guy. Like he's going <laughs> to be that. Man uh, rocket. We could say it. The next big man rocket. <laughs> he's going to be like that Bruce Wayne in the next couple of movies. Like I, I'm so confident he's going to turn into like the you know, playboy Bruce Wayne. Um, but just like I, I loved his depiction of like being like the goth guy, and I, I saw like this. I think it was like a TikTok even. Uh, like in Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins is like goth, like or like Christian Bale is when he's almost like killing his parent, killing his parents' killer. Like mm-hmm. he's like a goth guy, and I kind of like as hell. And um, I mean, just the depiction of Batman was just night and day for me. Although I do think you know his Christian Bale, uh, Christian Bale's. Uh, Bruce Wayne is definitely better, like in that movie. But I'm excited to see, you know, where Pattinson goes with it, just when he becomes that playboy. Um, so I mean, we're just gonna have to see where they go with the character and if they decide to go that route or not. Right. Um, and I think I was saying before, like I completely agree with you, Nick. But I think what I'm saying before is that, like, if we're just comparing these two movies, like I think Pattinson killed it in the role. Like I think he did it. Like he, what uh, Matt Reeves told him to do, he did it, and he did it very well. But it's just like, what's the what? What's one that, as an audience member like us, like what would we rather see, or what was better to us? Like we rather see Bruce Wayne slinging it with a Russian uh, opera, like or ballet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we want to see him out in the public. You know, like kind of like alphaing Harvey Dent. Like that's what we want to see out there. So mm-hmm. I think that's why, like, I lean it towards Bale. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like this, the Batman is the batman like this is the first time we get core batman detective story majority of the time he's in the suit and i said it before i'll say it again robert pattinson is the best to ever put on the bat suit so i'm gonna go pattinson here even though as a bruce wayne element i go bail but the we got what we saw here we got what we wanted and he killed it absolutely murdered it right and i feel go ahead I was going to say, like, when you talk about in the bat suit and how they behave, how they act, you can only tell what Bale's feeling when he's angry. You assume he's angry pretty much the entire time, but when he's really pissed, like, you'll see his, like, you see his, like, his, like, eyes come down a little bit. You see his, like, face tremble and everything. I, like, you talk about the interrogations. Yeah, the interrogation scene in The Dark Knight. That's the only emotion you can really see him express, or else he's just, there's nothing going on. Pattinson, I feel like I can look at his eyes and I know what's happening. I know what's going through his brain, the trauma that he's going through or has gone through, what he's trying to go over. I just feel like he sells it better with the suit. And that's just not only the performance. It also goes with like the make, like the makeup of the suit, right? Like the high cheekbones, right? You see more of his mouth, right? And see, like, I guess it opens up his eyes even more, you know? So I 100% agree. And I think it's a little unfair that we like pick on his Bruce Wayne because obviously it doesn't it's kind of unfair that we're comparing the Bruce Wayne's and the 
the Dark Knight and the Batman because they're at completely yeah. different points. You know, the Dark Knight, like he has learned how to be Bruce Wayne and he's learned how to be Batman. Like the Batman, Pattinson hasn't learned to do both yet. He's just all Batman all the time. So when you think about the performance that like the script like gives, I think Pattinson, like I think he's better. I don't think it's light years, but I think he's better. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, Nick Lee. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, to Ricky's point, like I think we were kind of talking about this with like Heath versus uh, Dano. Uh, there are no like scenes as Pattinson as Bruce Wayne where I'm like, wow, that was a great scene. Like I really can't think of like a scene. The scenes I think of are the one with Alfred in, in the hospital and he's kind of like heinous in that. Like he's, <laughs> he's like in a deathbed and he's uh, complaining about his childhood or whatever. In uh, like the other scene, the uh, Falcone like scene. I really just don't think those performances and those scenes were that great. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree that, you know, Bale is definitely a better Bruce Wayne right now, but I'm confident that Pattinson will end up topping him in future films. Yeah. So he's got so much room to grow. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And if we keep moving down the line here, because it feels like, okay, Ledger's got the edge here. This one, we feel like I feel like we're more 50 50 here. Maybe Pattinson has a slight edge in terms of performance. Maybe I guess we'll go overall in a second, but I want to talk about the secondary villains here. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart as Two Face, Harvey Dent versus like Oswald Cobblepot, Colin Farrell's Penguin. Because I think this one is like the most contested race here. Because I feel like both of these guys, uh, they don't get the shine they deserve because they're secondary villains. Feral, a lot of people are just kind of giving a lot of the credit to like the costume design and what they made him look like rather than how absolutely funny this dude was and what comedic relief he has. And then Aaron Eckhart is just, you're the secondary villain to Heath Ledger. So it's like no one really gives a crap what you did in that movie. So like I feel like they're really comparable. Personally, I'm I loved Colin Farrell in this role because it was it's like he's challenging himself. It's like so it's a full on transformation. It's something he's never done. He's, he's the good looking guy in Hollywood and almost everything he's in. British, so to see Irish. him turn into this guy, it like, you have to like, you shake the fact that he is Colin Farrell. All right. And he steals the show right in the limited screen time he has. So I'm going penguin in this regard. Ricky flex. What do you think? This is a tough one. I, I was with you until I rewatched the dark Knight today by accident. It's like my eyes just lean towards Harvey Dent here. I just think White Knight. Yeah, the White Knight, um, him taking down the guy in the courtroom with the gun and him going against Maroney. The turn, I would say, is what makes me want to go Penguin when he goes full Two-Face. I'm like, oh, if he just stayed like Harvey Dent leaning towards the turn or like right before it, I'm like, I thought it was perfect up until then. As a villain, I didn't exactly love. He got a little Aaron Eckhart Frankenstein vibes a little bit. Once he got to the full turn, um, that's why I kind of lean Farrell as well. And it's not just the costume design and the co uh, comedic relief, but like throughout the movie, like he just hit every note that came like in the in the car chase scene. Like, obviously, the focus is on the action. But then he's like, I got you. I got you. He's like and the even audience, in, dude. He's like the right, audience in that scene. He where connects like, oh, my God, he's flying to fire right now. We what connect with them. And that goes to like the acting chops as well. And just if you put it at the end of the day, even if you have it 50 50, if you have to, like, if you, if you have it 50 50, dead even, and you have to break the tie, what do you go with? Aaron Eckhart or Colin Farrell? And I'm going Colin Farrell. I'm surprised that you picked that. Uh, I think you nailed it. Like, it's as 50 50, I think, as we'll get, like, today. 
I think both of those characters are just so awesome, like, in the movies. Um, you know, I think, like, after seeing the Batman, I would have leaned towards the first time, leaned towards the Penguin. Um, but, you know, like, there are, like, first of all, I'm so happy that they didn't cast Jonah Hill and cast it. Uh, <laughs> that, I feel like that would have been made the movie so much worse. And I love You could have gone off a beat, uh, the, the wrong path here. Exactly. I know. <laughs> that was a time. Just wouldn't fit the vibe. Uh, Donnie Azoff as the Penguin. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but. I think I'd have to lean, lean Two-Face just in regards to his performance. It's so close, though. The one thing I don't like about the Two-Face thing is, like, how quickly he turns. I just don't really, like, believe it. Like, he just goes from being this – and this is more about the writing, but he just goes mm -hmm. from, you know, the White Knight to just an absolute crazy person because his girlfriend dies. I, I feel like just that twist kind of isn't for me. But at mm -hmm. the end, you know, him holding uh, – Gordon's kids hostage is like awesome and him like that's very it isn't fair or whatever he says like that form the deliveries there are so good like it yeah. is it's so good and stuff like I don't know how they did those effects but it looks so cool um it's so tough I, I don't want to take the penguin because you both did <laughs> I I also will say had, you're kind of I was gonna say he had the juicier character like the screen time that he had from that, the beginning yeah. to the end you know it's just mm -hmm. like and you see like Lawyer. his transformation, where he starts, yeah. where he finishes. We're just like hitting the tip of the iceberg, pun intended, with the penguin. There it is. So <laughs> the penguin stole the, like, talking about stealing the show. Like every scene he's in, he is so funny. But at the same time, like he is like intimidating. Like I love everything about his character. And that's a, every mm -hmm. scene is like, awesome. And that's like another thing as well. Like just to piggyback off what you said, Nick, is that like he commanded the screen like he like you were like intimidated a little bit but they kept calling him like a minor league player and like right before Falco falcone like gets gets whacked by the riddler he's like oh you're gonna do it oz like you're like a chump like but like we're like us audience like we know it's it's the penguin he's like an a-list batman villain but yeah. even in this movie it's like no he's kind of a boss like he's like kind of killing it so like that's why you can't really sell it as well like the minor league aspect of it but it like gives him like it's similar. It's like this is why it's unfair to compare the Dark Knight to the Batman. So many of these characters, next they're at the show. beginning of their arcs. Like they just started. So it's like you have Pattinson just starting, but also you have the Penguin just starting. And you know he's got a show coming. He's probably gonna make an appearance in the next one. There's so much room to grow for so many of these characters. It almost would be more appropriate if we did Batman Begins versus the Batman. But then again, that wouldn't there wouldn't be a conversation really. You know, yeah. uh, no offense to Batman Begins. I love Batman Begins. Love it. Uh, I guess we could just go to the rest of the supporting characters here. We can all almost talk about it in some, so we can just get on to the next category. So uh, I, I don't know, we're like Ricky Flex, I guess. What what is the re what is your thoughts on the rest of this cast? We talked about top to bottom. I mean, we haven't even talked about Selena Kyle yet. Like, does she help outweigh like the scales here? I, I think that's the differentiating factor here because I would go Ullman over Jeffrey Wright for that Commissioner Gordon or Jim Gordon. Like for me, easy. I know for other people not for me, I, even though I did like Jeffrey Wright, I just think some of the comedic, like, like some of the, like the tones there were just off for me for Jeffrey Wright. Um, but I think Selena Kyle, Zoe Kravitz just absolutely murdered this role. Also stole the scene, not, not just by her looks, but also just by her demeanor and just what she brought to the screen was just a different level and incredible acting, especially coming off of, uh, her movie Kimmy with Steven Soderbergh. I thought it was just perfect, a uh, perfect bounce off from that. Like, that's why I lean Batman here in the acting category. 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta leave the same way too. I, I mean, Catwoman was just so awesome in this movie. I loved how much like screen time that she had, and the chemistry was so good. You know, with Pattinson, uh, I liked how like their love interest wasn't like they were like they made out like what an hour and a half in the movie. I, I liked that they didn't tease it like until the very end. Like that would like piss me off. But uh, <laughs> I think with the Commissioner Gordon. I feel like that's also like 50 50. I'm, I'm kind of starting to agree with you, Ricky. The comedic, comedic uh, offerings from the Gordon and uh, the Batman is kind of corny. Like some of those scenes are, are like, when you said that when they're doing it with the penguin, he's like, open your eyes. <laughs> it's like, stop trying to be like intimidating. Like you're, you're with the Batman. Like you're right. You don't have to do it. You're the good cop, dude. Um, and I love. I love both Gordons. So I, I agree. Like, I think, you know, Catwoman just puts it over the top. Like there isn't another character in the dark Knight. I can't even like think of the other character, like who would be, obviously there isn't a Catwoman in the movie, but like, It'd be Rachel, like Alfred and yeah, yeah. Rachel. And she's, I can't stand. I can't stand <laughs> it. It's hard to listen to her. Like, like, uh, continuously. What's, the, uh, what's the Batman begins, Rachel? Uh, Kitty Holmes. Kitty Holmes. I mean like, With Tom Cruise. Way better looking. and she, she just has like a better performance. Right, uh, and it's also weird that they just like change the actress. But that's not it, it, it does throw you off a bit, but I feel like Batman Begins. It was so infant with like the Nolan franchise that people were okay with them switching it up a little bit, and I like it wasn't a like a commercial smash like the Batman was in the first movie of the franchise. Like Batman was in the doldrums a little bit following Batman and Robin. You know, they they're bringing it back with the Nolan movies. And so it's like, okay, but here comes the Joker. If you're going to make a switch with the female lead, do it right now before we have a movie with the Joker. So, and uh, I thought that was good. But I did want to say, uh, when it comes to the Gordons, I I think it's a lot closer than even what we're saying because Jeffrey Gordon, his highs are high, but his lows are so low because he has the chemistry with Pattinson. It works. You get like the seven vibes. It feels like you got Mills and Somerset going to shake down people, good cop, bad cop, but then he'll hit you with like, not even just comedic relief. It's just like, what are you doing? You're overselling it. It's like, it's like you're watching Dano in the interrogation room for like four scenes. It's like, it's, it's a little over the top. That reminds me, like one of the one of the funniest scenes with the penguin too is like when you're like talking about that like interrogation and like obviously with Jim Gort in the Dark Knight with Gary Oldman, it's like uh, when he's interrogating the Joker and the Joker goes, "Oh, the good good cop, the old good cop bad cop routine," and then it's not exactly. And this one, the <laughs> penguin's like, the penguin goes, "Was this good cop and batshit crazy cop?" <laughs> Uh, at the end of that scene, dude, he's like, no habla espanol. Yeah. I love that part. Then, then he waddles away like a penguin, dude. Yes. Like, it's just like they, 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 like, Colin Farrell kills it there. Um, so I guess we're leaning back, the Batman, when it comes to acting, which is wild to say. I can't wait to see the social media reactions to that type of comment. Uh, let's move on to the next category. Let's go to directing. Uh, so we got Christopher Nolan, the guy. Like when you think of blockbuster movies, original uh, creativity, you think about his adoption of Batman, bringing it back from its low points. And then you think about Matt Reeves, who's bringing the grounded approach that was similar to The Dark Knight, bringing it after what Zack Snyder tried to do with this more fantastical approach. Who are you guys giving the edge to in terms of directing? Uh, Nikki Lee, lead us off. I mean, I think just both movies were awesome, obviously. 
but I think you, and this is more your guys' bag. Like I'm not, I'm not like that into, you know, like the cinematography as, aspect, but I think I just got to go Nolan. I think it's just a better, mm-hmm. I don't want to like say it at this point, but I did change my opinion. I do think the dark Knight is better, but um, I think just like the pacing is so much better. I think the Batman is too long and there are scenes that like should have and could have been cut or at least like pieced together a little bit or faster. Um, like I feel like there were, there were three times during the Batman where it could have ended. I was ready for the movie to end like a bunch uh-huh. of times. And I, I was happy it didn't, but there were just a bunch with the, the dark Knight. Like it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And it, obviously the final scene is absolutely iconic with the, uh, the monologue from uh, Gordon. So I, I think I would have to go uh, Nolan, but I do think it's close. Like I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a Ledger versus Dano thing, but mm-hmm. I would give the edge to Nolan. Flickster thoughts. So that's shocking. I did not expect that. Um, if I have to break this down, I look at it like this: Matt Reeves gave what the fans wanted, similar to like kind of what Zack Snyder's vision was, not to just bring Zack Snyder into this conversation, but restore the Snyderverse, but um. He, his vision, right? Like Gotham, like what he gave us with Gotham City and the Batman. He gave us year two Batman. He gave us detective Batman figuring stuff out, but also still like not origin story. Just past that. That's like what we haven't seen yet with the Batman. So love that as a comic book fan. And also I'll just love as well um, with Reeves as well. Just how he incorporated all these different characters into one. I really, and I, I don't want to get into the writing aspect in this because I know we're just doing directing, but I think it's just a part of the vision with all these different comic book elements that were interwoven here and not necessarily just like from the long Halloween or the year one Batman. I just think he incorporated so many different elements of the comic book into these characters to make it his, uh, his own unique vision to go along with pleasing the fans in the comic books. So I'll give him credit there, but at the end of the day, this is Nolan. This is Nolan. And if you thought it was any different, Christopher Nolan being my favorite director, and you thought I was going to pick Matt Reeves, you're crazy. So it's Nolan. Nick mentioned it. I don't want to just be a, be a dead horse, but the pacing, like everything, it's got to be Nolan. That's that. I think that's what separates these two films. Like Nikki Lee brought it up. I couldn't agree more. It's the pacing. Like the Dark Knight never lets up through two and a half hours. There is never a moment where you're like, I'm gonna like just doze off for the next five minutes because here comes the Joker in a chase with the Batman. Here comes the Joker at uh Harvey Dent fundraiser. Here comes Batman versus Joker, a final fight. Here comes like high stakes. You got like these two, these two crews of like uh people that are like have these detonators like there's always stakes that everywhere you turn with the dark knight and the batman man like there are times where it's i love it i feel like if you're not a batman person and you're looking just to enjoy a film and you're sitting through a three-hour film you can't have some of the scenes where it's moving a mile an hour there's even scenes where pattinson i was watching it last night i'm like dude he is walking less than a mile an hour like they are just so obsessed with how slow this movie is they want like the audience to soak it in but to the point where if you're not a batman person you start to doze towards the middle uh i also gotta say i brought it up talking about the last segment but thinking about what nolan did with batman like he basically without him matt reeves can't make the movie he does with the batman the way he talk about his depiction, his grounded approach, thinking about what like Batman looked like comic book 
esque, like in the late '90s, mid '90s, where it was just campy and was trash. It was just trash, and he made audiences take Batman seriously. And so, what Matt Reeves could do is he could take the grounded approach that Matt, uh, that Christopher Nolan had, and then just bolt it to the ground. Like it's just like there's no way you don't believe this could happen with the Batman, and that only could have happened with Chris with Christopher Nolan. So, I mean, I got to give him props there. No, for sure. I think you got to look it. I bet we'll get into this later, but like Batman versus Batman movie versus Batman movie. Like you could make the argument, but movie versus movie, like I, the Dark Knights, it's better. Like, like anyone, I feel like it's, it is a hot take to say the Batman is better. Um, so I, I did leave the theater thinking maybe it was, but I don't know if I agree with that anymore. You summed it up perfectly right there. Yeah. We could end the podcast if we wanted to, just on that comment. <laughs> I thought just, we were the theater it. high. You, you've got the theater high when you walk out of there. You know, it's just yeah. like you feel like in the forty X, baby. Just feel special. Yeah. That was the, the highest high I've ever had at a movie. That and like Infinity War, probably. Like, but I honestly think the Batman was like a higher. I I never left the movie like that blown away before. But mm-hmm. I'm still taking Dark Knight. Just constantly smiling, no matter how dark the movie you just saw was. <laughs> but I do want to say, like, also like directing decisions. Like, if I was going to have like the Batman in the lead here, Matt Reeves in the lead for directing, it would have been an R-rated Batman. That's where, like, if you talk about a vision for a movie and you think about what could have been, you think about the darkness of the Riddler and him as a serial killer, if they were looking to push the boundaries of Batman, almost similar to what Joker did, and give you something we've never seen whatsoever, nothing close, it's like, they. I feel like during this movie, the Riddler could have been even more violent. They pull back a little bit, right? Like, they show him hit a guy a couple times, and they go away, or they do the Hitchcockian thing, where they go away right before he's about to hit somebody, and then, like, kill him. If they wanted to be like, okay, this is a different Batman entirely. Let's get full on violent R rating gore. Bring it to us for three hours. Like that would have been like, it would have been controversial for sure. But that's how you separate the two movies, I guess, with your own distinct style. For sure. Um. All right. So I guess directing, we're going with Dark Knight. No one, baby. Yep. All right. We had to. Right. One of the goats. Uh. All right. I think next, I want to go to cinematic moments because that's just fun to talk about. When you talk about like leaving the theater, like you go to get some drinks with your buddies and you turn to each other. Okay, what was your favorite scene? What was your favorite scene? Okay, oh, I love that part. Love that part. Oh, I hated that part. When it comes to the moments in this movie, the big takeaways, I guess, which one steals you? Which one steals your heart here, Ricky Flex? Which one are you going with? For Wait, for which movie? Either. Uh, Dark Knight. Sorry. Dark Knight. I, if we're going with specific scenes, we could talk about those, I guess. Dark Knight. There's so I. There's so many. There's so many. Um, I could just go interrogation scene, but you know what? I'll change it up. We'll go opening heist. We'll go the the bank robbery. When anytime you put a bank robbery in a movie, and it hits, like that's the highest high. I think a bank robbery is insane. Point Break. Like Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, perfect example. Movie in itself, you look back. If you take out all the bank robbery and you change it to just like petty crime, that movie sucks. But it's bank robberies, right? Bank robberies is amazing. And then the reveal of the Joker, we get to see Heath Ledger. You're, you, we get that opening shot of him holding the mask. We don't see his face, right? And everyone's talking about the Joker, saying, oh, like, 
uh, like just about like, oh, we told you to kill like the guy ahead of you and things like that. Or like I heard he wears a purple suit and stuff like that. It's like the reputation that just precedes him. And then finally you get that line at the end. And then you also get like, oh, like also the comedic tone when he goes, no, 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 I killed the bus driver. <laughs> and then it's just like, what? The bus driver. So I'll just change it up here because I know there's so many. But for me, I'll go opening scene, like bank robbery always hits. I wanted to say quickly, like, we talk about like the acting performances, like top to bottom with the Batman. You know who steals like his ten seconds of time here is like the guy who has the shotgun during the heist scene, like the quarterback from uh, Longest Long Yard. Yard, William Fitch. Oh my god! <laughs> you know who you're stealing from? You and your friends are dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> he absolutely nails it. He nails it. And then, like, that's all you needed from him, you know? Like, you can't expect the guy the quarterback the longest yard to be in 30 minutes of the Batman. Nice, quick hitter, perfect way to start it. The aura of the Joker, him jumping in the car with the mask on the reveal, nailed it. That's a great one. Not my favorite, though. No, that, 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 that's a great choice. Fun fact, the uh, I'm sure maybe you guys know this, but the shotgun that that guy has, Joker takes it, and it's the same shotgun he has in the uh, – the dinner scene where he uh, throws Rachel out the window. It's the same shotgun. No way. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's I entertainment. I would probably go to that scene next. That that scene is by far one of my favorites. Like, I just love, like, how scary. Like, you can see Joker's just scaring, like, the crap out of people. Like, he, he is commanding, like, just, like, imagine getting so scared by someone with a purple suit on and clown makeup all over their face. Just, like, running around with a shotgun. Like, it's terrifying. <laughs> it literally happened a few years ago. You remember yeah, the exactly. clown face? <laughs> like those guys. I, I didn't even want to walk outside. Imagine a guy with an actual shotgun. It's a. Uh, it's tough. Like every. I feel like for every scene in The Dark Knight, like all the favorite scenes are with the Joker, which is, I think, the only one that you could say doesn't have the Joker is the last scene with like him on the him escaping the cops and taking the blame for Harvey Dent. Um, but I, I just like have to go with. Pretty much any Joker scene, like the interrogation scene. Uh -huh. I love like the banquet scene where he throws her out the window. He's like, poor choice of words. Like, I love that line. <laughs> and he's just like, he just drops her. Like, he doesn't even think about it. Like, he's just like, I've got you. Like, I know you're going to jump out the window. Like, I'm, I'm free now. Because obviously, he got away. But uh, mm -hmm. I love the, Ricky, I love your choice. Like, I talk about like an opening scene to a movie. Like, the Batman opening scene's awesome. I think it's you know it really introduced to the Riddler like in a great way. He's scary and you know the introdu introduction to the Batman's great. Uh but I mean just talk about like taking over like the start of a movie. It's like holy crap, this guy is gonna put on one of the best performances ever. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like, all right, get buckle up. I'll say it again yeah. twice on yeah. the podcast. Buckle up. That's oh, yeah. perfect. There's just so many. Every, every, any scene with Joker. And the, you brought up some both of those scenes you guys brought up half of them at least well Ricky's entirely is just the Joker like the fundraiser scene it's basically just the Joker until the end of the scene so it just tells you what Heath Ledger mean, means to the movie and then also kind of reasserts our thoughts on Pattinson versus Bale you're like Pattinson could just it could be him alone and I would still potentially nominate a scene from the Batman you know compared to like there's not one I could pick of maybe Harvey Dent versus. Well First Batman, hey, right? I think at the end, like Nikki Lee brought up, but I, I did want to bring up one other scene. But wait, just to sorry, just to, to kind of just go off of that point, I'm still on the same path here, but just to play devil's advocate, 
the scene with Christian Bale, like I'm not wearing hockey pads when he jumps oh, off. Okay, not bad. Not he bad. jumps off, lands on the Scarecrow's van. That's awesome. When I was rewatching that today, I was like, oh, and I've seen this movie 30 times. I and like the China one is uh, when he gets what's his, what's the guy's name? Lao, Lao, Lao. When he gets him, like the cinematography is obviously great, and uh, like that scene's sick. When he when the music comes in and he like gets taken away. We'll talk about nitpicks later. I know that's on the uh, schedule. Oh, that's definitely on there. There's quite a few in the the dark night. I'll tell you that much. There's more than you think. I agree. 100%. Um, And I did want to just talking about iconic moments from the dark night. We talk about some of the – we're going to say the Batman. We're talking about the car chase scene, obviously. But I think what's left – it's like you think about the car chase scene in the dark night when you think about the Joker hanging off, like pulling down the side car, side door of the truck – Hanging off with the shot with the, the machine gun on his like arm, trying to track down Harvey Dent. And like Harvey Dent is like, okay, it's like a cat and mouse game. And then Batman all of a sudden comes into the chase out of nowhere. You got the weaving between the 18 wheeler flipping over the truck, the bazooka, <laughs> but like also having Batman versus the Joker, like, come on, hit me. Like that whole like dynamic they yeah. have. Like that to me, like I that I think is my favorite scene in the movie. I feel like if this movie did get nominated for like best picture, like it should have, I like, I feel like that would have been the moment they showed is that the truck flipping landing and then Batman coming at Joker, you know, it's just that kind of like summarizes the movie, the one-on-one there. There are just so many scenes that you could pick like two other underrated ones are like Mm -hmm. the Joker's like introduction to like the, the mob people with the TS on the TV like that scene's awesome, and make the pencil he, disappear. Yeah, little gamble can't get like a nickel for his grandma. <laughs> and, then <that> <laughs> so funny. and then when he kills Gamble or what Campbell, whatever his name is, that mm. scene is sick too. He's like, "How about a lie?" And then he just <laughs> absolutely destroys all of them. That there's so many to pick from. His one liners like are pacing. insane. One liners are insane. Sorry. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Let's go with some Batman moments, the Batman moments. I know I can't just say Batman or else we have no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, I'll lead off with one of the scenes from the Batman. I think that we, if we look on this movie 15 years from now, like we do with the Dark Knight, like the ones we just talked about, these are the ones that are going to be discussed. So I think the one we got to start off with is the first 10 minutes of the movie. It's kind of splitting, but it's like the character reveals of Riddler and obviously Pattinson's Batman. Like that first 10 minutes, when I watched that, I thought like, okay, this could challenge the dark Knight. Like this could like, when you go from the, it's like pitch quiet, the Batman pops up on the screen. Okay. It almost looks like the beginning of Joker when Joker just popped up and like took hold of the entire screen silence going into the Ave Maria. Then you got, we talked about uh, the spying on the family. Then you got uh, Dano in the dark. TV flash is the only light you get in the scene. Him flashing that one second. Zodiac suit. First time you see him in full garb and you're like, oh my God. And you know is going to be a murder here because it's been teased in all the trailers and everything. But just seeing that moment, even knew when, even knowing it was going to happen, I just thought that was one of the best like villain intros in any superhero movie I'd ever seen. And then leading into the monologue with Pattinson, the narration, uh, what's it called? They think I'm hiding in the shadows, but I am the shadows. And then him kicking, him walking in and just kicking everyone's ass. I thought it was a great like juxtaposition. Those one two right there. Uh, probably my favorite scenes of the movie. I think 
I know with just going to jump in here with Nick when we first like talked about the movie together offline here, mm-hmm. and like I was saying, like the Dark Knight, just so many cinematic like iconic moments versus like the Batman. I think has so many more. Watching it now, a month later after seeing it three times in the theater, it's like dang, like it's still like you still have that like oh like recency bias towards it, right? Like you just saw it, but I think like five years down the road if you like revisit the Batman one night, like that scene will hit so much harder than what I saw, because I feel like the Batman compared to the dark Knight in 2008, it's like the um, social media trailers, advertising, like we've seen like five iterations of the trailer and so many like commercials for this movie. You like knew that first scene was going to happen. You knew the introduction of the Batman, his first fight. Like it was still awesome to this day, like amazing. But like that, like shocking moment or like you, like you were expecting it because you already saw it right you already saw it on twitter you already saw it on instagram so i think that kind of hurt the batman a little bit just a little bit compared to the dark knight where like you had no idea what was coming so like if i had to compare the two between the two movies that's why i give like the dark knight the edge not just because of the joker but also because of that but i think over time these moments that we're about to talk about like we'll say they're awesome right like the car chase scene we're gonna say they're amazing but in five years i think that they're gonna be like so much like a lot better like a lot lot better the age well. Yeah. No, for sure. I think it just goes back to, you know, it being the Batman is such a Batman movie. Like all my favorite scenes, you know, Pattinson's Batman. Like you go to, you know, the beginning scene where he just starts kicking the crap out of those guys. Like what an intro to Batman when, you know, the Batman begins in, in Dark Knight fight scenes. They get better in rises, but like they're just not very good or not really well choreographed. And he just kicks like you know what in that first scene like he just is destroying these guys <laughs> it, that's what we wanted to see even when, i loved it and uh one of my favorite scenes from the batman has got to be the iceberg lounge scene when he shows up with the oh, twins nice. and he just starts destroying all of them and i i love when the penguin comes down and he just like somehow like stops doesn't hit him uh and then the scene when they go in and talk is just like such a great introduction to like the penguin and like what he's all about uh you're a baseball guy. You must have loved the bat, the baseball bat scene where he just absolutely hucks oh, yeah. it at that dude's face. He got like a gun and he just chucks the bat at him. Well, t- like I said before, we're getting the nitpicks, and there's there's some things that I like, don't like about some. There's things that like bother me about scenes where I'm like, come on, <laughs> like right, I'm, right, right. About it a bit. Um, but yeah, like the the uh, you know Dano scenes, uh, you know his introduction is fantastic. Um, I love the scene when he gets caught. Uh, in the diner, I think that was and that was t- teased heavily in the uh, trailer. Um, and the way the character went is nothing like I thought it. You was. thought it was at the beginning, like you didn't, know, like it. yeah, and it, like it almost has like a Joker Dark Knight vibe. Where like yeah, he's trying to get caught right now. He's, he's like okay, that's where it's like it's lending itself to the Dark Knight. Like okay, yeah, you got me, but I'm gonna outsmart all of you because you don't even know like the the trick I have up my sleeve or what's in my back pocket right for this final act right now. So it seems like. Definitely. Once again, we're seeing Dark Knight walk so the Batman can run, but still, the Dark Knight does it better, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say really quick, we're going to talk about like the intangibles and like cinematography, and we're going to talk about writing, and we're going to talk about like, score. But when it comes to like these fight scenes, especially the beginning, what well, I kept rewinding the first Batman intro when he starts fighting those guys because if you, I had my volume at full max, the guy comes out with a pipe. 
And when he hits him with the pipe, it's the sound of the pipe against the bat suit. That's just such a distinct sound. It's like, and then he just absolutely goes off on him. You can hear like every hit that's being made. It's like, there's so much attention to detail with like the choreography, like the fight sequences. It just like, that's when you knew like, okay, this Batman is angry. This guy is violent. And he could also just take hits. Yeah, exactly. A lot of hits. <laughs> You're <two> Batman. <laughs> Still young. Um, I guess car chase scene. Let's talk about it a little bit. I guess because if we're gonna compare, we compare performances, comparing car chase sequences. I mean, what separates the Batman ahead of the car chase truck scene between Batman versus Joker, Ricky Flex? The Michael Giordino, right? Like the score. It's got to be the score. Uh-huh. The score, like obviously the Dark Knight has a great score as well, but I think this one just murders it. Like already the winner for next year's Oscars. Really? That's how deep I'll go. Whoa. Like it's it's all time. It's that mix of horror, thriller, but then that's still comic booky feel. It's an amazing blend with this car chase scene that is just mono mono. It's a mono mono. This also, it's like right before the car chase scene where you get the introduction to the Batmobile. You finally get to see it in the shop beforehand yeah. uh, in the Batcave. It was, yeah, it was covered. So it was like, oh, we finally get the introduction. And they did like that horror element with the music before the score comes in, right? And you see like Colin Farrell, the penguin's face. And it's like, oh my God, like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, then you get the flames and everything. It just hits so hard. And then the walk. The upside down look at the Batman with the flames in the background. Colin Farrell's a penguin's face once again in shock. That's for me, like why that is like incredible, incredible. And why that scene cemented the Oscar for me literally before that. This movie was released before the 2022 Oscars and why it cemented itself as the 2023 Oscar winner. I got to agree. I think it definitely is going to win at the Oscars, but I think. Like Nolan's score, or whoever did it, obviously, uh, that score is so good too. Like the just the Hans Zimmer dude, uh, legend. They're both like I love how menacing. Like Ricky was saying, like it's it's like scary. In the Batman, supposed to be scary. Uh, I would have to roll with the Batman chasing too. The car is, you know, Bale's car is cool, but it's just like a tank. It's literally a tank. Military Batmobile. Like the Batmobile in it looks like a Mustang, like Charger or something like crazy like that. And it's just, he pulls it off so well. Like when he's, like you were saying, Rick, Penguin's face when he sees it, it's just like, oh my God. Like we're, <laughs> we're about to get, like this guy is for real. He is about to uh, absolutely take it to us. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like, and it's it's such a movie thing, uh, like the damage that you cause, like in a scene, like that chase probably- No like, less than 20 deaths in that scene. <laughs> it was like- Plate, like the whole highway was on fire <laughs> <laughs> and then it wasn't talked about in the news they kept talking about all these murders on the news yeah, but like, 20 well, people that were murdered right? there, there was a 30 person car wreck like 33 <laughs> car wreck resulting in 60 deaths but there's some new news regarding the waynes who died 20 years ago <laughs> you know just, uh, in like his relentless relentless uh like pursuit just when the crash is happening in front of me he's just like screw it i'm hitting the button and he goes off the ramp uh-huh. Penguin's performance when he's like, oh, I got you. Like that scene is so good too. I you gotta I think I don't even think it's really close. I think the chase scene is definitely better in the Batman. And, but, and I'm thinking of also like the performance of like 
Pattinson with the suit on, like his eyes are like flinching because he's like, you talk about the relentlessness. His like eyes, like it's it looks so weird at the time because it seems like he's like almost like demented. Like he is so hell bent on grabbing this guy, and then like the penguin's just laughing about it because like he's like almost almost okay with being caught, like he's like in shock. But Ricky Flex, the last thing I'll say about this car chase scene, this is like the perfect example of a score enhancing a scene, dude. Where it's just like without that score, it still looks amazing and it's still incredible to watch. But it's also like when you have like the lowering of volumes when like it's in the car with the penguin and all of a sudden it goes to like Batten and it's like bum 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 bum. Is- it's like it's like he's a he's like he's haunting this dude. He's like his ghost, you know. So it's really in good. the beginning of this episode of this pod, I was mentioning how like my only issue with the streaming was with the volume. This is like the one time in the movie where it was like an action sequences, not like not with the dialogue, where instead of turning it down, I turned it up because I wanted to hear the score more with the action, with the car chase scene. The only time I did that, but that shows how like amazing the scene was. Right. Uh, and like, I guess breaking down some of the more cinematic moments, it seems like the interrogation scene, we're automatically leaning the Dark Knight just because, I mean, Batman versus Joker, one-on-one comedic relief of, Rick, you, you did you shrug your shoulder a little? No, bit? I'm I'm like <laughs> enough said. Given discussion, good. Yeah, <laughs> and then I I did want to talk about a little bit the Riddler live stream moment with Gil Coulson following the funeral, just because I think that is like a moment. It just really encapsulates the like the time we're living in. Someone, a terrorist type or a serial killer, live streaming with an audience. Like there's times where you see like the Dark Knight encapsulates a moment. Think about domestic terrorism and the threat that Joker poses. Then you have we talk about QAnon and everything, but what's going on with Dano here, his character, Zodiac Killer, having an audience to look to on social media, and then as we said, like. My favorite performance from Dano in this movie, I guess, is that one scene where he's through the phone. So I guess we'll talk about nitpicks with him taking the explosion right there. But I think Pattinson during that scene, his deliveries are incredible where he's solving the puzzles, right? He's solving the puzzles. (laughs) My ears are ringing after that. I feel like I was just watching the Batman again. Yeah, but uh, having that moment just where he's like solving everything and he's so once again hell-bent. He's willing to absolutely take a bomb to the chest. (laughs) <laughs> to try and catch this guy and find out who the rat is. But that, that's got to be up there with the favorite scenes. Oh, for yeah, sure. for that's sure. Fantastic scene. Absolutely. Uh, What's your guy doing there, Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess when we think about cinematic moments, I guess we're going Dark Knight. Is that the way we're leaning? Seems yeah. like inevitable. Dark Knight, yeah. Okay, the Dark Knight it is. Uh, all right, next, let's go – Let's combine writing and the intangibles together. Let's do it that way. And then we'll go on to nitpicks we have with the movies. So when it comes to like cinematography, score, the sound of the movie that we brought up, fight scenes, putting it all together, what's left on the table, who are you giving the edge to, what sticks out, Ricky Flex, Dark Knight, or the Batman? I guess just best overall movie, put aside the major categories. So I, again, like I mentioned Gotham City with the vision, with the directing. I thought the cinematography in this movie was incredible, right? Greg Frazier, I thought, did an incredible job. We talked about the car chase scene. We talked about, we've, we've talked about everything related to cinematography here as in pro for the Batman, right? And I think just 14 years later, like in technology, like that's definitely benefited the Batman here. Um, so I'll lean that. And also the fight scenes. Like we got, like Nikki, you, like you mentioned it as well. Just this Batman was just so much better 
then like as in like fighting then the christian bale batman just the choreograph a choreography or uh jesus um the choreograph fighting scenes choreography (laughs) it's all about what we're accenting on that word but uh yeah right thank you (laughs) not not an english major but um yeah but uh going back to that just the sound with it as well and the alpha male mentality with this batman is unheard of like you mentioned nick the the club scene the walk and then the fight and then he's taking hits and you've taken the sound of the pipe or the bat to the face or whatever then you get that uh rogue one type scene in the hallway in the the lounge for the falcone lounge whatever carmine's uh secret hideout in the iceberg lounge like that's where i like the cinematography and the fight scenes and the sound i'm like oh man like this is incredible here the batman um but then if we talk about writing i'll like dive into that later but i'll just passing off past the baton right now because i that's a huge other story for me what do you think nick Gilly? yeah i would also go batman i think it just goes down to the fight scenes i mean the fight scenes are just so especially if we're talking about a batman movie i mean it, the scenes are just awesome there are so many just scenes where he's you know kicking the absolute crap out of guys and it, it looks great like you go to the train scene when he's in falcone's lounge um you know the the uh, iceberg lounge that scene's crazy obviously the end when he's beating up all the goons there are just so many when you look at the dark knight there really isn't like a scene besides the uh scene uh in the uh charity event where he like fights guys and even Mm. there it's kind of like the 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 whatever the goons are they're like terrible at fighting they're easy to dismantle <laughs> easy they're chosen chose. he's like it's like the you guys ever play the arkham city games oh yeah like, yes yeah, Love guys. they're literally that bad there, there's one <laughs> thing like, he like touches some guy on the back and it's like he's right there like just, <laughs> hit, the, hit the square button once these guys are getting knocked on oblivion dude uh i think that just you know completely and that's not Bale's fault or anything. It's just kind of like, you know, we're in 2022 now. It's kind of just different. a different age. There's so much more you can do. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm easily taking Batman for those reasons. The score, mm-hmm. it's so, so menacing. Just, it, like, reels me in. Uh, right. And I love the detective scenes. I love that part about Batman. And, you know, we really don't – we get that once in the Dark Knight with the bullets, kind of. Uh I don't think it's loud enough, picture. sir. That's a nip picture. Oh, I don't think I'm it's like, loud enough, the hell sir. Is this? Is this uh, fingerprints off the bullet that you shot out of a gun. <laughs> Those are still on yeah. there. I love like the scenes where you know he's investigating the mayor's body. That scene's awesome. Ooh, it's a fire uh, scene. You know the scene with the car and like the thumb drive. Like the, that, I like that humor. And Rick, that was a good one. I forgot. I texted you this. Uh, I think this is exactly what I said after I saw the movie. It was just such a breath of fresh air in terms of a superhero movie, like. I love Marvel, and I know you guys do as well. But like, I'm getting like a little tired of the you know corny you know levelness. Like, it's just I need some more, and I'm totally fine with there being funny moments and, and corny moments. And I thought they were good in this in this movie, like the thumb drive. I thought that was like kind of funny, but it obviously wasn't you know what, let Scooby do this shit. Like that oh, that scene yeah. in Spider Man was just. Are we- <laughs> This is supposed to be like an epic movie, and we're doing this. Uh, so uh, it was just right. such a little fresh air. It, 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 when you hit that comedic re- relief in the Batman, it makes all the difference because it's unexpected as hell. 
like you could like Marvel. It's so normal. There's not even such a thing as comedic relief. A lot of, a lot of them are just, they're just action comedies and they all look the same on screen. You're waiting for when the jokes are going to hit. When the Batman, you've got this dark noir story with a serial killer at the center of it. Who's so when you die. have like that thumb drive moment, you're like, God damn, like everyone starts laughing. It's not even like the funniest thing of all time, but it's so unexpected. It just hits you and it gives you a little break. It's a three hour movie. Movie. We can't be like basically feel like sweating in our like freaking boxers the entire time, right? We got to like be able to like take breaks, take breaks. So 100%, I agree. And the, I think. Colin Farrell was a huge um, reason for those like moments of levity, right? Those moments, but also keeping the same tone of the movie, which is obviously crucial. But uh, I did want to bring up something else and I was looking at it. I feel like the Batman is going to be next year's Dune. When you look at Dune and you look at those categories that it was nominated for, when you think of score, you think of sound, think of cinematography, and like you think of like, uh, costume design you think about all these obviously we said the intangibles it's like these secondary type of awards i think it blows the dark knight out of the water and a lot of these like intangibles they make the gotham city feel like actual gotham city and that's something that the dark knight never had it felt like I, we me and ricky flicks talked about this in in our initial review uh the dark knight that Gotham City just feels like Chicago. There is nothing special about it. Half the scenes are happening during daytime as opposed to this dark, corrupt world that Matt Reese has created. Cesspool, and we call in the dark city. night, they leave and they go, like, where do they go? Japan? China? China? Where do they go? Hong Kong. So they go to they go to Hong Kong, and then like you you leave that entire atmosphere, you come back, and you still have like those daytime scenes. You feel really ingrained in what Matt Reeves has created, and that a lot of that has to do to it's due to these um, secondary type of categories that they're really devoting time to details. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Um, all right. So intangibles were, I seems overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly the Batman. I got to figure out how to speak again. Um, I guess to wrap up here, we can go nitpicks. I think this is going to be honestly the most fun thing to discuss because we suspend so much belief with these superhero movies. Did you guys find you had more nitpicks for the Batman or the dark Knight? Rick, you want me to go? Yeah, you can go. I, I have plenty I think, down. The I think it's gotta be the dark Knight for me. Uh, I think there's just, in all of the Nolan movies, I mean, if you want to talk about nitpicks, don't even get me started with Dark Knight Rises. By, oh, the, by far the most overrated Batman movie ever. Agreed. First, it's, it's, Batman Begins is better. Right, well, we're getting off track. Uh, agreed, um, agree with that. Batman's people, Batman. People would think that's a hot take, and it's like, dude, like, really? watch the movies? Like, they're not even close. Mm -hmm. uh, but. That being said, yeah, I think just the scenes with like the Batman, like when they're in the when they're in the bank and Batman just disappears. Where did he go? Like like they're in the bank, empty bank. It's like, did he run out like Robert Pattinson in the police station where he's just running down the hallway? <laughs> like where he just fly off a roof, dude. Yeah. He's not just doing a grappling hook to the next yeah. room. Just, it's, it's, it just makes no sense. I agree. You can't that have scene. that moment happen there. That scene's ridiculous. The Harvey Dent like shooting the driver scene is ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, you're you're in just like a more dangerous position as the guy is sitting next to you. Like you could easily just die. Oh, he puts the seatbelt on and he's okay. I thought that scene right. was ridiculous. 
Um, there'll definitely be more that come to me. Well, I'll say if we're going to go with Dark Knight strictly right here, just the sonar element was like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? Way over the top. This, right. That was just like kind of like a Christopher Nolan, let's get a little wacky, but let's try to find a solution to our problem here, with mm-hmm. which is coming to an end to this cinematic masterpiece. And he's like, oh, Lucius Fox, absolutely. Morgan Freeman killed it in this movie. Let's incorporate him somehow as well. And... The shoehorning okay. in like the current event aspect too. That it too. Feels like it's like the Patriot Act, like spying on people, like like invasion of privacy. You know, it seems like they really committed there. on like just making it relevant. You know. Yeah, I, I like I think Nick, like you jumped on the big nitpicks, and I, I would say that one as well. Um, yeah. And again, just Batman. There's just more not... nitpicks in the be- in begins and rises. Because the Dark Knight is just obviously better. Um, but even like the boat scene. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that convicts would do that. Like I, I <laughs> they're killing everybody. Someone <laughs> is just t- stealing that thing or jumping off to blow them the hell up. Why are the guards like conversing with this the the, the uh, <laughs> whatever people? Um, the convicts, the inmates. I, I couldn't think yeah. of the, word. the inmates. Oh like, yeah. Like, what should we do? It's like, well, why don't you guys like go upstairs and like discuss this? Like, you've uh-huh. already asked the inmates what they're. Uh, what they think you should do it, but then that's a powerful scene obviously it's a great scene when you chuck something out the window but like i just don't believe it <laughs> i feel like the i feel like the dark knight gets away with more because they're not, like that that's kind of a different scene what i'm gonna like discuss here but there's so many more gadgets it seems like way more technologically advanced than where pattinson is currently so they can kind of cheat a little bit similar to like what marvel does and like okay we're relying on the powers of this individual or like their access to resources. Uh, I had a couple beefs with, we're going to talk about this with the the Batman, but the Joker just like taking a bomb, like planting a bomb in the jail and then surviving without a scratch in the, in the dark night. Uh, But seeing that happen, him just standing there and like everyone else is dead around him. Like just because he has a human meat shield in front of him doesn't mean he's not going to have a cut on the forehead. Like it just makes zero standing. He didn't even fall down. He's just standing there. I never thought about that. And he's the only one that survives. (laughs) And like, and going along with like people like that are injured, but like when they are not injured when they should be like commissioner Gordon taking the gunshot. That's another huge like (laughs) nitpick I have. Like, there are literal friends of Commissioner Gordon that go to his family's house after he is shot in the back to tell his family he's dead. Well, they're doing that to cover that for his But cover. do we know that he told them? Right? Well, he like, wearing, that's a little was, over the line that he has to go tell them. I'll defend the Dark Knight dead. here. He was probably wearing a bulletproof vest. It was probably just a yeah, huge bruise. I, 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 I lean with Rick here, too. But, they I, gotta, but, dude, you, but those guys got to know he's not dead. Those guys, no, they probably go. do, so, and they're acting like you know, like they didn't cry. Or you anything. gotta t- no, but I'm saying, like, you don't go to his family and say he's dead. But for the cover, the Joker's <laughs> so smart. No, you just you you, you let them in on it. Let the wife in on it. Say like, no. hey, like you're do not, not trust them. No, you can't just tell you can't, your, this, you can't just tell your significant other is dead when they're not dead by cops at your door. That's, that's like the worst it, type of that nightmare for it. anybody. That sells it, doctor. That that's horrifying. It. That's horrible. That's yeah. It's that's, a terrible honestly, thing to that's do. That's cruel. That's just oh, freaking yes. cruel. But this is Gotham City, baby. Come on now. I don't know. That that's crazy corrupt. To me. The corruption what? is through the roof. Last I do have one more. I do have yeah, one. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. This one's. I hate this one too. The kid at the end. Uh, Commissioner Gordon's son. 
terrible, terrible actor. <laughs> so he, but he like, didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, Dad, is he okay? It's like, go consult your like crying mother. And then he like goes down to like check if Batman's all right. It's like, weren't you just being held hostage by a crazy person with a gun? Like, any kid would be like scarred. And he's like, he didn't do anything wrong. It's like, just go upstairs and like console your mother. Like, she's devastated. Well, I will say, 100%. because of that, we get the iconic like he's the Dark Knight. Like, yeah. We we get the we iconic monologue. That's fair. Why are we chasing him? <laughs> yeah, the, the, I will say there's more of those scenes in this movie, but then we it's like 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 we we didn't talk about this iconic scene. My favorite Bruce scene in the movie, Bruce Wayne scene in the movie, when he's just alphaing uh, Harvey Dent, and then we get like the you live long enough. There's a bunch of cringeworthy scenes in that uh, cringe cringeworthy lines within that scene, but then we get that line. And it's just like, or like, oh, I own the place. Or like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. We just get so many of those lines where it's like, oh, it's iconic. So like we get those cringeworthy or nitpicks. But then at the end of the day, we get iconic moments that we rather have, or we rather have because of those cringeworthy moments. Yeah. I'm, I'm reflecting on some of our decisions that we made at the beginning of this podcast. And I'm second guessing the Penguin Harvey Dent take i that had. that line he has iconic lines no like, but like the last scene where he has the gun to the kid's head that is insane acting in that moment that's I, my I, turn I, i'm officially gonna put that i'm gonna switch that take i'm still gonna have the batman overall better acting but i would say two-faced over penguin i'll say that i just had to get that off my chest i, I can't live with a guilty guilty conscience that that's too electric um last scene i had for nitpicks for the dark knight the courtroom of like hundreds of criminals that are being tried at the same time. Like we talk about making a Batman movie that's grounded and real and you're trying to bring down hundreds of like crime bosses, crime families, and everybody in Gotham City at one time. It's just like, I, I get it. This guy's the white knight, but he's not imprisoning everyone at the same moment. That was insanity. Oh, I thought you were saying something else. I what I I thought you were going to say how the guy almost kills Harvey Dent in the courtroom. It's like, how did oh, he have to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might pull the trigger next time by America. He did pull the trigger. It, it didn't work. Advertisement. Advertisement. That's the point because Harvey Dent's the White Knight, American hero. That's why he's like by American because it didn't work. No, but it feels like done. an ad where he's like, like, oh, I recommend it's by play. American. But yeah, like, no. It's but such but a I, slow my, moment. He grabs the gun. He's like slow mo punching the guy. My nitpick is. You'd the, be so uh, dead. Actually, having the gun available—that's my. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's the it. line I, is fine. I, the line is is funny. But I uh, feel. I feel I like you buy American. That's a lot of nitpicks. I guess this is what happens when you like you're watching a superhero movie. Imagine like when we're not talking about like a grounded superhero like Batman. But the Batman, I feel like the biggest nitpick is that he just ate bullets in this movie. Like literally for breakfast, <laughs> he just. I don't. How many shots do you think? Robert Pattinson took more. Hundred. He was getting hit by like the machine guns in the tunnel. He got hit by twenty five shots alone oh. in the tunnel. Okay, I was thinking like the solo <laughs> shots. Oh, but yeah, he, he must have taken like five in the first scene. <laughs> just he was just eating. He ate a bomb. A little bit higher, and it's it's all over. <laughs> the That's what I'm saying too. Around, he literally is getting pelted, like destroyed right. by bullets. It is just one. It's a sick scene, but it's like come on. You think it's air, like it's like a paintball. You think he's play, they're playing capture the flag and he's getting pelted like once he grabs it, you know, and he's like flying backwards. You can't just like, and the fact that these guys, I mean, these criminals, they've got to like, combine, they're killing hundreds of people. 
the fact that they can't just aim a little higher, like Nikki Lee said, that is just absurd. Absurd. Like, I understand he takes maybe one or two shots in a scene, okay, but not with a machine gun where a guy could basically be blindfolded and probably hit him in the in the face at some point. Uh, any other nitpicks you guys had with the Batman? Nikki Lee, anything? Rick, you want to go first? No, you, you go. I, you go. I have one. So the near the end when he takes the shot of, you know, I, I heard it's like up for debate of what the shot is, but um, whatever. If it's just adrenaline, I don't care. But he is destroying the guy. Absolutely destroying him. Yes. He have a scratch on his face. I thought Ridiculous. Looked like he had Corona I fever or something. I thought I literally thought his face was going to be gone, and they showed him, and he was like awake. He he was like killing. He, he said, "I'm vengeance." He, he had a hole in his face. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the moment where he's like, "Okay, I'm not allowed to kill people anymore." You know, <laughs> like he would have been <laughs> that moment. But I thought his face was going to be an absolute freaking pancake yeah. after that, and he was just like going to be so unaware. Commissioner yeah, Gordon just that guy out. should have been he's, eaten out of a straw for the rest of his life. No, just dead. Like 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 literally his face like. Yeah. Looked like he had a broken nose, and he yes. took, he, like he was not hold. It was like kind of a scare. I liked it because it was scary. Like he was out of control. Like he had to be flat. Hammerhead shark flat in his face. And he was fine. The adrenaline he man. Moved. He like talked after. Like, whatever. <laughs> Ridiculous. On nitpick, but uh, that's something that I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? <laughs> that's a good that's... one, Rick. Ricky got one. My big one, and I know we were just talking about like. We weren't talking about like small nitpicks, but like, you know, like funny nitpicks. Mine's like kind of serious. I think it's just with the Riddler character. I honestly, forensic accountant, we got like a little backstory on it. We just believe that he found out about the renewal program. Okay, fine. But if you just compare, like, what, what are we doing here? We're doing a blockbuster battle. I think just the writing in general is so much stronger in The Dark Knight because you know what they did? They didn't try to tackle everything. Right. The dark. Uh, sorry. The Batman. They they said initially, oh, this is going to be an origin story. We're not going to tackle everything. But they still like at the end of the day, try to tackle everything within year two. The Dark Knight. It's like we're not going to give the Joker a backstory. Like we're just going to say, hey, he's a he's just chaos. He's a menace to society. He just wants to watch the world burn. Right. The Riddler, like we try to give him a backstory. For me, it didn't live, live like live up to the expectations that I had. I'd rather have no expectation or I, I rather would have had no backstory to him rather than what we got personally. And then the interrogation scene kind of like cemented that for me. But it's just like when he's, when Batman is talking to him in that Gil Colson scene at the funeral, he goes like, who are you? The first thing he says to him, he goes like, I'm nobody. Like he's supposed to be this everyday guy who just was wronged by the city. So I don't care really as much about the backstory. He's just, he's a but then why guy. give it to us? I would have, I would have left it at that then. Well, I would have left it at he's a nobody. That's too synonymous with the Joker. Like you're gonna have Joker be in the next movie, most likely, and he's not gonna have an identity either. You know, you can't just have back to back people who know nothing about them. And it works so well. Then what it, then they should have developed it more, in my opinion, then. Ah, like having them two different like, licenses, like why messing with us like that? Uh, so I guess, yeah. So yeah. as long as you knew he was an orphan, that's the most important thing. Okay. And then if you left his profession out of there, that's fine. But as long as you knew he's an orphan, that I, I agree. I guess you didn't have to know. Um, something else I had is that what should have been like one of the best scenes of the movie to me was arguably the worst. And that's when Batman gives Selena Kyle the eyepiece and she goes into the club, the club within the club. <laughs> and so she puts it on and it's really, it, it's cool. Like tech, 
it's like the only piece of tech that Batman has in this movie. But she is not believable whatsoever as like an everyday worker. Like the way she's talking like to Gil Coulson, it's just like you couldn't be more obviously a spy like throughout this entire time, yeah, entire time. He's that. like, she's like, she like grabs his knees. Like, tell me more about that rat. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, like, do you like, and then Gil Coulson is like staring at like through her soul. I'm like, this guy definitely knows like she's spying right now, but he's actually acting like a dummy too. Cause he's a dummy. So just, I just felt like that could have been awesome if, if it was just acted better and the dialogue was better. And then like, like with her friend gets brought up and she's like, what do you, what'd you say about that girl? You know, just like she wants, she keeps like prying and like, it's so obvious and rather it's so like, it's so opposite to what this movie is. It's just not subtle whatsoever. I hated that scene. How did that Colson guy become the DA? This guy is like an absolute moron. Like how does that guy get one of the most important in the, I guess, to the mob. But, uh, nah, he's an idiot. Ricky, to no. your point about like uh, just the Riddler in general, I really hope like obviously there are similarities between the Riddler and the Joker. Like they're both weird guys, but Joker is kind of normal. Like he is like a he talks normal. He doesn't. He's not like crazy. He's just chaos. And I when like the scene with the Joker in the new movie, um, I'm scared they're gonna do the same thing with the Riddler. Like, he's just going to be, like, a really weird, crazy guy. I kind of want, like, some, like, intelligence. And obviously, mm. they're smart because he pulled it off. But I want, like, mm. intelligent conversations and kind of, like, that sort of thing. That's why I hope they do, like, Mr. Freeze or some like something cool or some other direction. It makes mm. you reflect on, like, the conversations the villains are having. Cool. Like, what, what kind of good can you find in them or what relatability can you find in yes, them? Yes, yes. And that that's the thing also about... I think we should talk about this scene, but the Joker and the Riddler scene, it didn't feel like you were, it's what we're used to with like Heath Ledger's Joker, where you're trying to find some truth. Instead, it's like, it's true 2022 superhero film, filmmaking, world building, what's going to happen in the future of the franchise. It's not what Batman's all about. When you look at like what the Dark Knight trilogy did, they had each movie pretty much stand on its own. And this one, if they didn't have that scene, I would probably like rank this movie a little bit higher, right? I probably would give a couple points to it. But just the fact that they had that scene, they succumbed to the fact that they had to include a Joker. They had to tease what's happening in the future rather than just ending it where it should have ended. So like without that, I think it's a lot closer than The Dark Knight. But I don't know. What were your thoughts on the scene, boys? Great, go ahead. No, I, I I think you nailed it. I, I I honestly do. At the end of the day, like I I don't think it like I again like I have the Dark Knight higher than the Batman, but like both still mid nineties to high nineties. At the end of the day, like they're both incredible movies. I, I think that one scene, sure, like I would have liked the Batman maybe more, but would it have dictated my score? Probably not. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Rick. Like that, that's I said it at the beginning when I was talking about the Batman versus the Dark Knight. Like that's just a scene that shouldn't have made it. Like that should have not been in the movie. Like it didn't need to be in the movie. Mm. Uh, like even what's what's his name? Barry. I never know how to pronounce. Okay, Kian. 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 All right, I'm terrible at that too. I think we he's going to be a good Joker, uh, but like I just don't see it off of that scene. But I do see it in the deleted scene. I think his performance mm -hmm. is very cool in that and. That seems sick, but I'm also glad that didn't make the movie. They just couldn't help themselves. They couldn't yeah. help themselves. And like they, they just had, 
Like they didn't need a Joker even cast in this movie. They could have just said Barry Keen, okay, we got you for the next one, okay, just get ready for it. They didn't have to put him into what he's gonna look like. You, they save him for maybe an intro in the HBO Max series, something that fits better, it's tighter. Here it's just like okay, boom, push it, right? This is like this is what we need numbers, right? When people go into theaters, people hear the Joker's in this movie, automatically you're making millions of dollars, right? But they couldn't help it. It really couldn't help it. I don't think it would have made that much of a difference in the box office, honestly. Yeah, um, I think it would have been the same, just for the record. Yeah. A couple million less. So <laughs> 749 million. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I guess that's what I got, and that's what we got. Unless scores? Uh, are we gonna re- we're gonna score the both? Well, movies? we haven't heard Nick's score. Oh, Nikki Lee, we do what's have to hear your, your score. Uh, what's your score system? Do you guys like 100 the- out of 100. Out of 100. I guess Dark Knight, I would go. 98 out of 100 like i think it's as like close to i i'd have to like compare it to other movies because i don't really have like a scale i'm more of like a nine eight seven type of guy uh, i think the batman's right there i'd say me and my brother were talking about it. it's like a nine or a nine and a half so i think it's like right in the middle like 94 i'll go 94 for batman let's go 97 for dark knight very like-minded with us ricky flex you change your score at all for the batman upon rewatching an hbo max Sticking to a 95, sticking to a 95 um, for the Batman. And for the Dark Knight, I actually went down one. I went down to a 98. Wow. But it's still the best comic book movie of all time. I think I had the Dark Knight at 98. If I have to listen back to the podcast, but I'm actually going a little bit down with the Batman upon rewatching it. I'm going, I'm, I think 95 is where I think I had initially 97, like 98, 97. Yeah, you did. I was coming off the 40X high of the Batman. So I said, okay, <laughs> let's go 95. And I was really turned off. Like the pacing, I think, was the biggest thing for me. I was like, wow, there is a major difference here. The same thing happened to me. Like I rewatched it on uh, Monday night and it definitely went down for me a little bit because when I left the theater, I fully thought that it was as good maybe better as the dark knight and just like the more i thought about it and like after watching it a second time like it's close but for me it just it isn't better accurate solid uh nikki lee thank you for joining us bud that's a riveting conversation great breakdown between these two batman films you're certainly welcome to come on anytime you want you name the draft you want to do you name the movie you want to do whatever let us know. You're fully welcome back on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, boys. That was, we talked for an hour and a half. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. That was, oh. that was a ton of fun, actually. Like, thank you guys for bringing me on. That, uh, that was awesome. Looking forward to catching the recap uh, on the social. Oh, yeah. Big time. We'll make sure we'll get a cl- couple clips out there. Ricky Flex, anything to add before we sign off? No, just thank you to Nick again. Like, great guest and doctor. We're back next week. Unbearable way to master talent. Northman this weekend. It's yep. a big weekend of movies. We're back. We are back. Uh, make sure if you are just tuning in this week, I know it's going to be Friday when this drops, but we add a Nick Cage draft that dropped earlier this week in honor of the unbearable weight of massive talent. We had the checkup. We had a trailer breakdown of Thor love and thunder. Make sure to check that out. Featuring the guardians of the galaxy uh, moon Knight recaps on there. We're Busy, busy, busy right now as a movie podcast. Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure, as Nikki Lee said, you're following us on social at the Driving Pod, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and make sure you subscribe to the Driving Pod on YouTube. 
All right, that's going to do it for episode 92 of the Drive-In Podcast. Until next time, we will smell you.